Welcome to the Purposeful Podcast. I'm your host, Jane, founder of Nyla and Purposeful Living. In every episode, we'll be diving into the world of wellness, breaking it down into bite-sized pieces that I hope will change your life. You'll be hearing solo podcasts from myself, as well as from my amazing guests, men and women from every area of the wellness sphere, sharing their journeys and their insights. Ready? Let's dive in. So I am finally getting around to releasing part two of this podcast and apologies in advance because I know I said that it would be out um, very shortly after the first one. But, you know, life um, life happens and um, there have been so many of you signing up for different workshops and courses at the moment that it really has just taken up a lot of my time, um, apart from the fact that it's obviously summer holidays and I am with two boys. And um, But there was no way I was not going to get this podcast out. And I have so many guests lined up that I really think are going to be such amazing expanders for you all. And this podcast is just so important for me because... Uh, when I receive messages from you guys saying how, you know, it's it's made you look at health in a different way, your life in a different way, it's made you question things a little bit more, um, that is just, you know, it's music for my soul because, you know, if I can just help one person to um, make a change in their life, that would be amazing. But so many of you reaching out um, on Instagram through messages, it just... It really is amazing and I'm so glad that it's doing so much for so many of you and as I say, I'm going to continue with this, I'm going to continue to expand it and as I say, there'll be new guests coming on in so many different um, areas of wellness, of business, um, anything that will really just help you take that next step or help you really just step into the life and everything that you know, you've, you've been looking for. So without further ado, we are going to dive in. And as I said, we were going to be talking about today, what you can do, um, to, um, help with this situation. You know, what, what can we do about, uh, leaky gut? What can we do to minimize this? And, you know, it's sort of, we've got to realize that the most, Mother Nature is is really um, benevolent, despite the fact that we are spraying Mother Earth with around 2 billion kilos of uh, glyphosate currently on the soil. Um, She gives us this amazing gift of bacteria. And you'll remember from the last episode that we talked about the fact that we are literally, through these pesticides, killing off that bacteria that um, Earth has been so generous to to give us, and um, so so that you get an idea of how how this all starts, you know, because a lot of people, you know, they don't really come across a lot of the symptoms of this, um, or it gets confused with it being something else. Um, you know, it's not talked about. The pesticides aren't talked about. Uh, leaky gut, you know, and and how prevalent it is within the population is not talked about. But, you know, this can be starting from a very, very young age. 
so in America, where this is a huge issue, I mean, America and Australia, I'm going to say, have, you know, probably, they're one of the worst culprits for this and for life's sake. Um, but there, there is an organisation, a uh, not-for-profit organisation, um, and that organisation called Mums Across America, um, they have been trying to get uh, glyphosate measured in mother's breast milk for a very long time, but they, but the, it kept getting thrown out because the claim was that it's not biocumulative, so you will pee it out at the same rate as you were ingesting it, um, but they kept going and they actually. Um, paid for their own study and they studied uh 10 breastfeeding mums which I know isn't a huge group but there were 10 breastfeeding mums who were consciously trying to eat healthy um and they were also consciously trying to avoid glyphosate and what the um what the findings the findings uh showed that they had a thousand times the permitted levels of glyphosate um permitted in drinking water in their breast milk. So, you know, this is what babies are being exposed to from a very young age. And this is only perpetuated throughout life. Um, You know, we don't realise, you know, we might be thinking, well, you know, I eat organic. So therefore, I am exempt from this rule. But you've got to think that if it's not banned in your area, it's going to be used in weed killers, all weed killers, the weed killers you are using in your garden, um, the weed killers that are being sprayed on the weeds outside your child's school or outside your workplace. Um, you know, it, it really does go so much further um, than just uh, whether you eat organic or not. Um, so as I said, Mother Nature is is very benevolent and the ecosystem really is our most important ally when it comes to comes to fighting this um so you know because we really have disregarded that balance um that nature that nature creates for us and you know we have become more um interested in weight loss than longevity or or cognitive function and we have become more interested in losing five kilos than finding a root cause to um, why we're not losing weight or why we have all these health problems but it oftentimes it's when we've tried so many failed diets um, that we start looking for answers in the gut so the question is how do we get the good bacteria back, the bacteria that we have been systematically killing off with pesticides. So a lot of people will straight away say probiotics. Um, You know, we've all heard of probiotics, we've all heard of fermented foods. And we understand that we're trying to get this good bacteria back into our gut. But The question is, what are we really trying to build? Um, What does gut intelligence look like uh, as an ecosystem? Um, And when we look at this, we find a biodiversity that is unrivaled on the planet. So the ecosystem in your gut should contain 
around 30 to 40,000 species. So I'm not talking here 30 to 40,000 bacteria. I'm talking 30 to 40,000 species of bacteria. So, you know, that's not the number of bacteria, which is more like one and a half to two quadrillion. So one and a half to two quadrillion is the number of bacteria, and that should include around 30 to 40,000 species. Um, but in most of our guts nowadays, um, what uh, research is finding is that we're looking at the fact that we have around a, a thousand species. So not 30 to 40,000, but a thousand species. So we've lost around 70 to 80% in many cases of the biodiversity over the last 100 years. So, you know, if we look at probiotics, the probiotic industry, it's, you know, it's a billion pound industry. It's a $30 billion a year industry. And if you take a look um, at those probiotics and, you know, look at probiotics if you've got them at home or if you see them in a store, flip that, you know, bottle or container, whatever it is around, and you're going to see that most of those probiotics contain between three to five, you know, maybe a push, even getting up to 20 species okay I've, I've heard there's one we spent 20 species and they'll be bragging about the fact that it has 1 million or 35 billion copies of that bacteria and you're like great because I'm going to get 35 billion copies of that species but if we imagine a garden now okay and we threw 35 billion of one single species of bacteria into that soil, um, what's the likelihood that we're going to end up with a diverse biome? You know, let's think of this like a, we want to get like a rainforest diversity here in our garden. And if we're just adding that one species or those three species, I mean, the chances of getting that diversity, and we're talking about a diversity of 30 to 40 species, 30, 40,000 species, um, the chances really are zero. Um, so it's impossible to take um, five species of bacteria, which is what you're finding in your probiotics, and get the billions that we need and we're narrowing our ecosystem so when you start your probiotic you you do feel good I mean I've taken probiotics I've given probiotics to my children and you feel great and that is you know what you should expect and what you can expect in the first few days or even oh, the first week or the first couple of weeks you might notice that you've got an improvement because, you know, maybe you had six species in your gut, you had six species in there, you've just added three healthy species. And so you've just doubled, maybe, yeah, probably doubled the complexity of your gut. And now you have 12 species. So we get a bit of a boost from it. And, you know, then you stay on it, and then you plateau. So a couple of weeks on a probiotic 
when you've just taken an antibiotic or you've had a virus, that's absolutely fine. But after that, you really have no need to take them after two weeks. So we also need to note that none of those bacteria in the probiotic that you will be taking are from human gut intestines. You know, they're mostly all grown in the intestines of cows. So when the cow is slaughtered, it's very easy to take a sample of the gut uh, flora from, from its intestine and create a stable culture, which we can then sell. And, you know, there, of course, there are other ways to get bacteria. Um, but cows have a very different biome to us. Um, and, you know, the, the type that, you know, we're talking about just your typical run of the mill grain fed cows. We're not even talking about like, there's no control over the cow that you just got that flora from. So you're pumping these into your gut. But the reality is that because they're coming from um, the cow, which has such a different biome to us, they can't colonize a human intestine. So they can pass through it, um, you know, and temporarily over sort of, you know, one or two days, they, they can shift the environment a bit. But they don't have the ability to, they have the ability to set up shop in there. So, you know, they can't participate in a balanced system um it's really like putting a it's a plaster it's really like putting a plaster on your gut so I do know that there is apparently one in Australia um which has been cultivated from human intestines but again that has um two strains so it's just two species in there um so the thing about your bacteria is that they set into motion what your mitochondria is going to do. And we mentioned in the last episode that your bacteria are feeding your mitochondria and your mitochondria are feeding your metabolism. So you're actually talking about your, when you talk about metabolism, you're actually talking about your bacteria and your mitochondria. And the devastating reality is that, um, in 2000, from 2012 and 2014, a lot of studies were done. Um, and a number of those studies showed that um, it will, they took the gut flora out of um, obese individuals, overweight individuals' um, intestines, and they put them, that gut flora, into mice, healthy, run-of-the-mill mice. And the mice immediately became obese within a month. So your gut biome can literally be programming you for obesity. But of course, you can change your gut biome. And if you take the thin person's biome, and you give it to the same mouse or to a different mouse, you cannot overfeed the mouse into obesity, like it will not gain weight doesn't matter what you're feeding it. So the question is then, apart from the fact that you're like, okay, now thinking, do I have any skinny friends? That will give me the cup flora. Um, how do we change our flora? That's the question, right? So we've got to realise that this is everything we do in a day. It's what you breathe. It's what you eat. 
It's what you ingest. It's your environment. So the question is, if you make changes and you're thinking, okay, this is not helping. This is not changing. I think I'm eating healthily. I'm really trying to avoid glyphosate. I'm really trying to avoid pesticides. I feel like I'm ticking all the right boxes here, but I'm still not losing weight. You also need to ask yourself, and this is the first point we're going to look at, who else lives in your household? So a spouse who hasn't changed, okay? A spouse who is still eating really badly, um, is still, you know, not ticking any of those boxes or ticking very few of those boxes, the ecosystem in the home is being imprinted by the other people in the house. So how are they doing that? By swapping saliva, for example. You know, every time you are kissing your partner, every time you're even taking a breath, okay, even breath contains microbacteria that is now floating around in your environment, in your home. So you're ingesting that. You're ingesting it's going into your sinuses, your upper respiratory system. And obviously there's good and there's bad bacteria, but, you know, it's not unusual for... Um, you know, you to find that the fact that your spouse is still nowhere near your wavelength when it comes to making these changes, that that is also affecting your uh, microbiome. Then if we look at um, our our environment in general, let's look at our routines, okay? So it's not unusual for people, especially, for example, where I live, where it's absolutely boiling. I know it's boiling hot in the UK right now. So if you are, so you wake up in the morning, it's boiling hot, you don't open the windows, you put your air con on, um, you go and have a shower, you wash everything off, you get in a car, you put the air conditioning on, you go back into an office, which has the air conditioning on. And it's literally this sterile environment. And if you compare that to someone who wakes up and is doing their exercise outside or opening all of their windows, or for example, what I do in the morning, I meditate by the sea. Um, Someone who's walking like myself barefoot in the soil, uh, breathing that ecosystem in from the very start of the day. And you'll see the difference when you make a change like this. You know, when you change that routine and you take yourself out of this sterile environment, you'll see a change. You know, if you're looking in the mirror and you're like, I feel like there's a loss of elasticity, there's rosacea, that's a sign of a loss of ecosystem. You know, those people that you know, and you look at them and you're like, damn it, they look like they're 20 years old. And they're, you know, way older than that. I can bet you that it has a lot to do with the fact that they have a very, you know, a vastly different uh, ecosystem to yourself. So what can we do today? Uh, Go weed your garden. So if you pull a plant out of the soil an invisible cloud of bacteria and fungi. Remember, I was talking about that bacteria earlier and all these incredible microorganisms that 
um, that are working to, you know, really put your ecosystem into place, um, they're there, they're in the soil, okay, and get your hands in the soil, get your hands into that soil, um, because it's been shown that cultures that are in touch with the soil have less eczema, less asthma, less food sensitivity. It's actually been even correlated with autism and a reduction in autism. So if you're thinking, hold on a minute, but you know, we just talked about the pesticides in that soil. I'm not sticking my hands in that soil. You know, yes, it's not ideal if you're sticking your hands into pesticide ridden soil. But I tell you what, that's the only place where the ecosystem is left, is in that soil. So if you are someone who has a vegetable garden and you have whacked a piece of plastic over it so that it looks very beautiful and you don't have any weeds growing up, if you are making sure that you don't have any weeds in your garden, you are doing such a disservice to yourself pulling out those weeds alone, breathing in that bacteria and that fungi is going to better your health. It's going to better your kids' health. So I implore you that if you are lucky enough to own your own vegetable garden, please do not put, apart from that, we're not even going to go into the microplastics that are just getting into that soil and into your food, but please do not cover up those weeds use that time. My weeding time is therapeutic. And I can tell you that I dreaded having to de-weed my organic vegetable patch because it's a big patch. And I thought, oh my good God, I'm probably going to give up on this. I'm going to hate it. It is honestly one of my favorite moments in the day because I will whack a podcast on or my favorite music, which, you know, I'm blaring out there to my plants and I will just sit there and de-weed and it gives me time to think it gives me alone time and if you've ever done meditation with me um or you know if we've ever uh talked together about what's really life-changing silence is immensely life-changing immensely life-changing so please use that time please get out in your garden um Number two, um, so the fungi that is, because this is the, you know, I was just saying, the soil is the only place really where that ecosystem is left, but the fungi in it is equally as important um, as bacteria. It's not just the existence of the bacteria that's changing your health in that case. Um, it's actually about what the bacteria are making. And in 2012, um, scientists discovered that there is a communication molecule from the bacteria. And it turns out that there's over a million variants of this little communication molecule. All right. So picture each one as like they, they, they refer to it as a carbon snowflake because each one is different. So they have a carbon backbone, each molecule, but each molecule is made by the different species in the ecosystem. And the different species in the ecosystem are going to make 
a different word in this giant vocabulary of cellular communication. So when you're out there in the soil or you're pulling a weed to get that ecosystem back, it's not just the bacteria or the fungi making a difference. It's what those guys are making. And they're not making nutrients for you. They're making the very communication network that helps your body build its system. So the second thing would be then to get to different ecosystems. You know, if you live by the sea, go down to the sea. It's going to be very different from the ecosystem in your garden. If you can go up a mountain, if you can get up into a mountain, go for it. Get into a forest. Changing a town, you know, even if you live somewhere where there's not a huge amount of nature, just changing town or just changing city means you have just changed your ecosystem. And, you know, name of the game is we want to get as diverse an ecosystem as possible. You know, preferably try and go to places where they're not spraying glyphosate everywhere. Um, hug each other. Like, take it from the Spanish. Give each other two kisses. Honestly, that's just gone and changed your ecosystem right there. Just as we were saying how, you know, the people that live in your house, the spouse, the teen, the child who's not necessarily eating very well, how all of that in the breath and saliva and everything else is changing you. You can also pick up some really good bacteria um, from that. You can also pick up a really great ecosystem from that. Um, But at the end of the day, it's about getting out of the bubble, you know. So, you know, Imagine for those people, and I know I'm going to get some stick for this, but those people who are still walking around wearing um, masks and sterilizing everything and washing their hands about a thousand times a day, like what a disservice to their ecosystem. Literally, they are just, it's just a sterile environment. So, you know, this is not about picking up a weight loss book um and sticking to some strict diet um you know that you're going to abandon in a very short amount of time um this is about changing your gut intelligence um you know you've got to think that you've got to look for different signs of progress because you will see signs of progress um you're going to see signs of progress in sleep quality. You're not going to see a massive weight loss straight away, but you are going to see that you're starting to sleep better. Quality of sleep is going to improve. You're going to be getting more REM sleep. Uh, your libido is going to be increasing. Your short-term memory is going to be increasing. You're going to be able to process information better. You know, so as I say, sometimes we have these very limited um, markers of of what health is. And, you know, we do, and I get it, we tend to get, you know, really locked into the um, idea of, of weight loss and, and, and that's what it becomes about. But, you know, we want to go for less overwhelm, you know, um, you, because your neurons, your cells in your body are going to start processing 
fuel correctly. And that's where all that comes from. When you find yourself, you know, take the markers of I'm sleeping better. I'm not quite so overwhelmed. All those things I just said, those are markers of the fact that your body is starting to process fuel correctly. You know, you are charging up your system. You'll literally press the on off button and you've reset your system. You, know, you don't have as much morning fatigue, you're not crashing at 2pm, um, and then you're reaching for the chocolate or the coffee just to get through, you, know, you reach this sustained energy. And those are all signs that your metabolism, your, metabolism, your mitochondria and your bacteria are starting to process fuel correctly again. And that means that your hormone system is starting to come out of this fight or flight system that it's been locked into. And that is what we should be measuring, not the kilos on the scale. So we, you know, we're usually told that everything is cause and effect, but let's, let's cause the effect. Okay. Let's cause the effect. Um, so I hope that was useful for you guys. So if we recap on it, this is all about building up that biome. It's all about, and that's not going to happen through the three species that are in your probiotic, um, as many, as many as like, even if, you know, whatever, how many million they've got in there, if it's three species, you, you have not got the system that is literally going to be keeping in or out what you do or don't need. And that's the secret. And that's also the secret to our metabolism. So I would implore you to really look into what you are putting in your body, what you're exposing your body to. Um, You know, you don't have to go totally insane and be, you know, like, you know, obsessive about this stuff, but just start to be aware of it. You know, be aware of what you eat. I moved from buying normal fruit and veg in the supermarket to buying organic. And I know that, especially depending on where you live, it can be a lot more expensive. But I take it as in, you know, for me, there is nothing more important than my health. There is nothing more important than the health of my family because I am someone who lost their health. And I can tell you that in that at that point in my life, absolutely nothing else mattered. Like, I would have given everything I owned to get my health back. And that is not a cliche. That is exactly what it's like to lose your health. So before you get to that point where you've lost it, you know, really appreciate the fact that, okay, so your shopping bill is going to be a little bit higher. But I can tell you that I make a lot of products now at home for things that I use at home, which has actually saved me a hell of a lot of money um, compared to, because I, I don't know about you, but when I do the product shop of stuff I need, uh, whether it's for cleaning or whatever it is, that obviously adds to my bills. So that's a way you can cut down on that. Also think about the fact that, is there anything that you could really do without in your life that you could put that money towards um 
you know, being a little bit more conscious about the food you're putting into your body. Uh, I mean, it, it does seem horrendously ironic that we have to pay extra for healthy things um, and that that's the one that's coming with the price tag, but that's the reality of it. So right now, um, you know, really I implore you to look at where you're spending your money. Like maybe it's not buying those two H&M dresses that you are going to wear once and then they're going to go in your wardrobe and then you're going to look at them and be like, oh, but it, you know, it doesn't look right on me or, you know, you're going to put on a little bit of weight and then say, I don't want to wear it anymore. Maybe you can take that out of the budget and put that towards the food. Myself, I have started my own vegetable patch, as many of you know, and I can't explain the joy that it brings to me, the utter joy that it brings to me to... So yesterday, the boys, we had... um, My son had a friend over and he said, Jane, I want to eat something healthy. So he's, you know, he's fallen in love and uh, he wants to get healthy and fit. And he said, Jane, I want to eat something healthy. And my (laughs) eldest son turned to him and said, "Um, have you seen her vegetable patch? Like, you know, if you give her free reign... Like, she'll go to town on that. (laughs) And it was so funny. And it was brilliant because I just said, okay, I know that I've got courgettes. I've just seen I've got two huge courgettes in the garden. I'm going to go and get the courgettes and I'm going to make a courgette soup. Being able to do that is amazing. Being able, like having the knowledge that I don't use any pesticides on anything that I'm growing. That's what I'm putting into my body. That's what I'm putting into my kids' bodies. That's what I'm putting into their friends' bodies when they come over. And on top of that, I have the added benefit of being in that garden, getting my hands in the soil, pulling out those weeds, which, as I say, is all beneficial. And then without, I would never suggest like you impose your way of living or your diet or your beliefs on someone else in the household, but they do eventually come around to it. Once they start seeing the effect it's having on you, you know, my husband, as they've said on previous podcasts, biggest carnivore that ever lived, you know, he was, you know, he was watching, he was watching and seeing the changes. And he was like, wow, okay, maybe I need to try this. And that was the change for him. And, you know, I've had so many people ask me, oh, gosh, how is your husband dealing with it? And I'm like, well, I'm happy to say that, you know, he's reduced his meat intake and his dairy intake by like 85%. And there was never a moment where I forced that on him. There was never a moment, you know, I would just say, did you know about this? I would show him, um, scientific studies that existed I would you know he'd come out into the garden with me we'd talk about the different things and it was just that that you know him seeing that him seeing the changes in me that's what really helped so as I say food for thought literally um and I hope this has been useful as always my dms are always open please please feel free to slide in there and ask any questions to, um, you know, anything that I can do to help you or anything, anything that I can do to point you in the right direction. You know, if I don't have the answer, I am pretty sure I will know someone or somewhere you can find it. And I will, of course, do that. Um, 
So yes, excited to um, present the guests that are coming up. We will be looking at so many different areas. We'll be definitely homing in on our environment because our environment, you know, I am doing these podcasts on nutrition, but it's not just about nutrition. This is about really a whole lifestyle change. Um, And just, you know, if you are sitting at home and you're just feeling there's something not quite right there's like I don't feel myself I've lost myself um you know I just feel overwhelmed I'm tired all of the time I think there must be something more out there for me but I just don't know where to start um that's what I'm here for so please keep listening please keep expanding your mind your knowledge beyond what you currently know and you, we've got this. We really have got this. Thanks for listening to Purposeful with Jane. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help other people find it, I would really appreciate you taking a moment to rate or leave a review. If you know someone who is looking to take back the reins of their health, find purpose and balance in their business and well-being, or perhaps is looking for wellness guidance, find out more about how I can help you achieve those goals. You can check out my programs at www.purpose-full.co.uk.